Welcome back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike, and I got my lineman Matt with me. And today we're gonna go over the Hawks. Uh, their their latest win uh, yesterday. Uh, it was uh, it was great. Uh, I was I, I was so happy, and it kind of lines up with one of those things where, you know. Hawks get a new coach, you know, gives breeds new life into the team. And uh, they came in, they beat a pretty tough Nashville team. I thought um, Soros was, you know, per usual standing on his head. You know, he's such a great player, such an exciting player to watch. You know, and I think that Nashville has a really good thing going there. But, you know, on, on the Hawks side of things, it was really good to see them finally you know, put in a solid effort and get rewarded for it in the end. And um, what a goal, what an overtime goal by a little back and forth between Kaner and Debrinkit. I thought the lines yesterday were were pretty good. Uh, you know, Kane, uh, Kaner, Debrinkit, and, and Doc on that top line. I think I'd rather have Taves on that top line because uh, he's just so solid at the dot and it'll help you keep possession. But maybe as the season goes on, we're going to see the lines kind of uh, morph a little bit more. Uh, maybe we'll see a little bit more from Dylan Strom. Unfortunately, it looks like Brandon Hagel got an injury yesterday, which is really unfortunate because on a Twitter space that I was on, I was talking about how, you know, Nylander essentially doesn't have a spot on the team right now because... His skill set is really geared towards being a top six player, but there aren't any top six positions open, just bottom six, and he doesn't really play well in the bottom six. So with Hagel going down, I wonder if that's opening up a spot for Nylander to kind of slide in on that second round, I'm, I'm sorry, that second line role where Hagel was, a uh, second line right wing. So we'll see how how this situation goes, and we'll see what happens with with Hagel's Hagel's injury. I was really really happy with uh, with the outcome of this game. You know, obviously, I thought Lankinen played pretty well. He could have done better on that one goal that he let in, but he had a spectacular save in the third period that really saved the team. And um, you know, it would have been a heartbreaker if if uh, if he wouldn't have made that save. And he made such a great save, a glove hand save. So, for the first time this season, I want to say that the Hawks played a very good defensive game yesterday. I, they didn't let any odd man rushes through. Normally, when um, when Nashville was was trying to break into the zone, there were two defensemen back, you know, at, at all times, and uh, and it was it was great to it was really great to see. To be honest with you, something that really stood out to me was that Jake McCabe probably had the best game that he's had as a Blackhawk yesterday. And he, I, I just thought that he looked really, really good. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it's the first game with Colladin gone. You know, when he was playing in Colladin's system, the problem that he had was he was being asked to play the defensive position in a way that he does not play. He's not the typical, you know, he doesn't like to pinch up as a, um, you know, as an offensive threat. He's a defensive defenseman. And you know what? I thought that uh, he played really, really well, and I think that having a more defensive system will help uh, with, with his game. And to be honest with you, uh, that will give freedom to Seth Jones to kind of go out and kind of do his thing. So, Matt, have you heard of Derek King before, other than, you know, before Colladin's firing? I never heard of him, no. Me either. You know, and uh, actually today, this is... Um, 
we record this on Sunday. Earlier today, I had a what's called a, a Twitter space where I get on Twitter and I kind of leave the forum open. Anybody can jump in and, you know, we could talk, you know, some hockey. So anyways, I I jumped on earlier today and I uh, had a few people on. We were talking about Derek King and pretty much how nobody has really heard of this guy. And, you know, what his, his experience is, you know, it's just like a Jeremy Colladin 2.0 type of a deal, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm just... I'm just looking to get like some information on the guy. Yeah, I really heard nothing about him. I, I just saw a couple quotes he had. He said, I've had people ask me about my style. And he says, I don't think I have a style. I just get a feel for the game and feel for the players. And I just go with that. So that's what he said. Well, you know, I guess that's better than hearing, you know, you know I guess somebody. Yeah you know, pretty much looking at the game from the stat sheet or the analytics and saying, this is how we're going to manage the manage the team, which is essentially kind of what Colin did. And, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to badmouth the guy, you know, the guy gave his effort, he gave his all, you yep. know, and it didn't work out and that's what it is, whatever. Yep. But, um, you know, Derek King, I've, I mean, I've heard the guy is a, a bit of a tough guy, you know, he's a old school old school type player. So I would imagine he's somewhat of an old school type coach. And something that we talked about earlier and something we've mentioned earlier in the podcast is that do older style type of coaches blend in well or are they able to coach the newer, younger type of kids who may need a little bit more coddling compared to, you know, uh, players that are that are older? Well, I think that John Cooper is probably the only younger coach that has been effective. And and when I say younger, I think he, what is he, like in his late 40s, early 50s, I think? I wanted to say late 40s. Yeah, I, I he's a young guy to me. But Colleton, I, I feel like he was almost the same age as Seabrook. And yeah. it's it might be hard for the players to... Uh, I don't know, like take authority from this guy. It's like, well, this guy's like was in the same high school class as me or something, you know? But yeah. I think the old school coaches like say, you know, like I guess you could throw Mike Babcock, uh, Bruce Boudreau, Tortorella. Those guys have experience. Colleton was an experiment. It just it didn't work like you said. Give give the guy some credit. He did the best he could with what he had and what he had a couple seasons ago was just brutal. You can't really blame him. But this year, I give credit to Bowman because he gave him better tools to play with. And it's just, it's not working out. Something had to change. And the problem that with Colleton was he he didn't change anything. It, it was the same same routine, same game plan every night. He was, like, too stubborn to change, I think. But back to your question, the I think the older school guys, like the, like the rough kind of old school players, like uh, Craig Berube on St. Louis— those guys have been effective over the years, so I'm hoping this guy works out. If not, next year we'll probably have a new guy. Yeah, I believe it was mentioned yesterday as well that there are not, there is not going to be a, a head coach search until the season is over with. So, um, it's just fair. Yeah, it's fair. so we're, they're going to give Derek King the year, see how it goes, and and you know, obviously we'll see how it goes. It also also begs the question, does there need to be a specific age difference between the head coach and the players for there to be kind of like a, you know, like a seniority type factor where they can look up to a guy 
and they see some kind of a, um, n- not a fatherly figure, but a, a figure of authority, I, I should say. Yeah, when I played, usually the coach was way older and, you know, it was easier. You kind of, you're afraid of them, but you respect them still. I think that that helps. Uh, like when you see a young coach, like a young guy right out of high school, say he's coaching a high school team, it's like, come on, you're like friends with these guys. How can they take <laughs> you serious? You know what I mean? So yeah, ho- hopefully this guy, I don't think a lot of guys have played under him because they've, well, some guys maybe in Rockford played for him a couple over the years, but you know, obviously Taves and Kane and like the core guys, they're gonna see, hey, this guy's older, he's he's been around, so let's let's give him a shot, and um, it's let's let's hit the reset button. You know, in all honesty, you know, we have an opportunity right here. We're about what one nine and two, and this yeah. is an opportunity for this guy to come in and say, hey, look, I'm I'm new here. This is my first NHL game, but I know how to play hockey. I understand the game of hockey. Today, we're not 1-9-2 and two anymore. We're 0-0-0. Zero, zero, and zero. And from here on, it's a new beginning for this team, for, for us as a team. And we can move forward from here so that they're not like, okay, now we're 2-9. and nine. Now we're 3-9. and nine. You know, getting that mentality in their head that they're getting a fresh start to start it over with this god-awful beginning start to this season, which could not have gone any worse than what it, it has gone already. And, and everybody gets a fresh start. And maybe that can spark this team because they look like they had zero interest the other day in their last game against Winnipeg. They look like they they they, they didn't want to be yeah. there. You know, I think and, that's that was a good reason for Colleton to go because yeah. he he completely lost the room. He lost him months ago, but uh, but I like like you just said. I think that's going to be his pregame speech. Hey guys, new beginning. We're zero zero and zero. Let's start here. Anything could happen. Let's let's get it to go. Let's get it going. And hey, look at Craig Berube with St. Louis when they right. called him up. They were terrible. They were dead last. And what did they do at the end of the year? They won the Stanley Cup. Not right. saying the Hawks are going to win the Stanley Cup, but anything could happen when you got a coach that changes the culture a little bit and expects hard work from these guys. So I'm hoping it goes well for the guy so we can get back on the winning ways. I was actually just going to bring that up, was that maybe this is the the new coach, the new beginning that we need. You know, it isn't all the time that... Every every team gets a, a an experienced coach that's already been in the league. You know, guys have to break into the league at some point to become, you know, a, a new coach in, in in the league. So, I mean, this could be the, a good start for for Derek King. I mean, he's got good players. You know, he yes, he, he does. doesn't. It's not like he he's on a uh, on a really bad team that doesn't have any players. He's got good players to 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 look at and. He's just going to need time to really see these guys play and, and kind of get his mind around it, you know, kind of like any job. You know, when you start a new job, you don't go in there with the prior knowledge that you have from your old job. You know, you have to you have to relearn uh, a lot of things and do things the way that they they work there because, you know, your older job did something different. But at that same time. You take the experience that you have from your older job when you're like, hey, look, I see that you guys are doing things this way. This isn't working. We did this at my old place. This works. Why don't we give this a shot and let's see how it goes. You got a team with a new coach, and I'm sure that they're going to be looking to put the right step forward. 
they're not going to want no nobody's going to be like oh yeah we started the year one and two who cares you know we got a new coach a lot these guys are going to come out and I think that they're going to play hard uh, and I think that they're going to they're going to give this guy a, a, a shot I'm not talking about like the first game I'm talking about maybe like the first 10 games we could see uh, some some change some change in the squad and and also Callum looks getting close to coming back so maybe we can uh, maybe we can find a spot to dump Gustafson because oh he just goodness. has not been working oh, man oh i know it's so painful to watch him it's it's been so bad he pinches at the wrong time every single time and, all of them do though i hate to say it yeah. all our defense they they do it and i don't know what what the deal is with that we i, I didn't think we signed Derek King or I'm sorry not Derek King uh Jake McCabe to to uh be a puck mover and no. take chances like that no, no way dude like I want you playing like Nicholas Jarmelson you get that puck you skate it to the red line if you even do and dump it in you have no business to do that that's right. what we signed Seth Jones to do yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think that he needs to get a look and, and just take a look at everybody's game. You know, it's like, what are you good at? Because I'm, I'm watching, you know, Jake McKay trying to skate the puck up, you know, and it's like, it's not that he can't skate and it's not that he can't pass. It's that it this isn't his game. No, no, and, no. And they've got him, or I should say Colin had him playing differently than what he is. I, yeah, I don't even want Connor Murphy to be doing that. Yeah, I mean, I don't either. You, you got guys that you got Seth Jones doing that, and then you know, like if, I, if I'm the head coach, I want one puck mover and I want one shutdown each pair. I want one with one. I don't want two puck movers together because it doesn't doesn't work, work at all. It, it does not work. And it, with forwards, I believe in like duos, uh, like say Taves and Kubalik, and then you fill a role player with them. Kane and Debrinket fill a role player with them. And then spread the depth out. I mean, I don't, I don't know what Collison was doing. I, I think he had some guys. Like, I know he didn't like Dylan Strom, and we're we're tough on Dylan Strom too, but Dylan Strom is better than at least our fourth line at times. And if we yeah. can't score, it's nice to have a guy with a little skill to do that. And I know I'm one of his toughest critics, but come on, man, he he's better than at least half the bottom six. Yeah, I, I think the problem with with Strom is that. It's it's almost as if that he gets down on himself and it just makes his play even worse. Yeah, he's got like a mopey attitude. Like he's not doing well. He skates to the bench with his head up, and then you know he's looking down, all mad. But I mean, he's got a. Don't forget, he had a really good season a couple of years ago, and maybe this new coach will give him a shot with uh, DeBrincat because I know those two love to play with each other on the same line. I mean, they do have chemistry. And it's just he's he's got to take his chance and run with it. He cannot dog it. He like once you get that spot, it's hard work for the rest of the year. You can't say, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm secured." And I think that was part of his problem last year. It's like Taves being out and a couple other uh, guys. He was the number one center. Like Doc was hurt too, and he's like he probably went in there. Like, yeah, I'm the number one center. I just signed a two year deal, four mil a year, whatever it was, and I can kind of coast. And he. He did, and it, it was terrible. He had a rough season, so he's got to he's got to get that hard work mentality back. Do you think that there is honestly a spot on this team for Dehan and Gust and Gustafson? To be honest, man, I thought Dehan would have been gone with that expansion draft, and I'm I think the Hawks were surprised too. 
I mean, that cap hit is a little high for a guy like him. He's not, he doesn't do much for four million to me. Uh, I think that he'll be gone at the deadline. I think a couple guys will be gone at the deadline. I think possibly Strom. Honestly, Flurry could be gone. Somebody wants to take a shot. I mean, right now he couldn't stop a beach ball, but I th- I think like we're gonna be, you know, we're still gonna be at the bottom unless we have a miraculous turnaround. But we should start stockpiling on some picks and keep building. I think Flurry stays, and that's because he wants to stay with his family. He doesn't want to move. I would imagine that Bowman gave him some kind of a guarantee if he plays this season that he doesn't get traded. Well, because he's gone though. He's looking for. Well, yeah, he's gone. But I mean, he can go to the you know the next guy and be like, "Hey, look, here's here's the deal that I have with Bowman that." Um, in order that me coming into play this year, I, d- I don't get moved because I had to move my family from Vegas to here and I'm not looking to move again, you know, because he could honestly say, okay, well, you, you move me and I, I just won't report, you know, and then, yeah, and then that'll well, be it. If it, I, I think if it's a team like Pittsburgh or a team that's going for it, say like the Oilers, I, I think he, I don't think he would turn it down. Really? To win a Stanley Cup? No, I don't think he would because right now, it is no fun playing. I, he's a happy-go-lucky dude, but yeah. when you're giving up five goals a game and getting smoked, I, I could just see him like, hey, I need a change. So I, I could see it happening. Yeah, I guess we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't see it happening. It was a big deal with him moving, and I know he didn't. He was really upset with Vegas about it. And, yeah, um, yeah. Well, he was, he was the fan favorite there. He was loved. And yeah, he was. We talked to Jason on the Vegas Fever podcast uh he was upset. I can just hear the sadness in his voice when he was uh, talking about, like, you guys are going to get a great human being, you know, and you could tell that he was he was a fan favorite. Looks like Mark Crawford's been working with the team a lot since Colladin's been gone, uh, drawing, up, drawing up things on the whiteboard, trying to get this team uh, organized and together. So um, it looks like he's kind of somewhat running the show a little bit until King gets his... Uh, you know, gets his feet set because, you know, they, yes, when was it? It was Saturday. They named him, they fired Colin they named him the, the head head coach. And then he's got a game the next day, you know, that's tough. Yeah. That's brutal, tough. man. And, yeah. his, and it's going to be his first NHL game. Well, I, you know what? I'm just jumping back to Derek King here. He, he's played 830 career games and he right. scored 261 goals, 351 assists. And he's a three-time 30-goal scorer, and I didn't know that about him until I looked. But he's been around, man. So I think he understands the grind of the, you know, the seasons. And he he looks like an old-school dude. And uh, I think he's going to be fine. It just sucks he's got to play Nashville because they've always played well against the Hawks. Yeah, they have. It's a tough game. You know, it's not like, hey, we're playing, like, the Coyotes, you know, where you can kind of, all right, you can get some confidence. But... This is a good, it's going to be a tough game for the Hawks. Yeah, it definitely is. You know, it looks like, um, like Crawford's role is to be to like kind of transition the team with King and like explain to him like, Hey, look, this is what they know. This is what they're, they've been doing. You know, what are we going to do to, to change what isn't working kind of a thing? looks like that's how they'll be working with each other. I kind of, I was kind of hoping he would go to. Because yeah. you're you're gonna feel like you got a little bit of that Colleton still left. I don't know. Them. I I I don't really think so because Crawford's played more in the he's coached more in the NHL as a head coach than 
you know, the small sample size we could say that with 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 Colladin. If anything, I think that he gives NHL head coaching experience to Davidson as kind of somebody to to kind of lean on in a way, you know? Yeah, I know, but I, I just uh I kind of wanted a fresh reset, you know, with right. I, I, you know, like he's been there all season, and you wonder if Colleton would lean on Crawford, or maybe hey, they butt heads and they didn't even get along at all. Right. So it, it could be different. We could see a totally different team. We're gonna see in the first period what kind of uh, what kind of system they're running. If they got you know like playing the one two three or the one you know like the four checking, uh, like they're they're neutrals though they're attacks. So we're right. gonna see like how many chasers, how many guys we got sitting back. And I, I think they should tighten up, definitely. I think that, uh, especially against the Nashville team, because they, they're very pesky, I guess the word I'm kind of looking for there. Yeah. They'll, they'll take advantage of mistakes and bury you. And then they got a goalie who could stop everything. So that's not good either. Yeah. I, I guess, obviously, Thomas Meidel was gone and, and Brookbank are, are both, Sheldon Brookbank are gone. And it's uh you know really interesting times, man. But do you have any any NHL news to give us? Kind of take us around the league really quick with some some stories. Oh yeah, I guess the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes finally dropped their first regulation. Man, I wish loss. it would have been against the Hawks. It was close. We we almost we almost beat them, but uh, the Panthers ended up beating them. And uh, I don't know if you saw Ranta just get absolutely steamrolled. Yeah, I did. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm pro goalie. You know that. Oh, yeah. And um, I would have stayed in my crease. And judging, I know it's different when the game's full speed, but we, we, I mean, we're obviously looking behind a screen. That guy, there was no way he was getting a clean shot with that defenseman right behind him. But, uh, you know, Ranta went for it, played the puck, and that, that forward on the Panthers had nowhere to go. I don't think he should have been or uh, kicked out of the game, and I don't think it was a five-minute major. I I think Ranta took the chance, and hey, I, he's kind of fair game to me. And you know me, I'm pro goalie. I never want to see a goalie get rolled over like that. But yeah. I think that uh, that was a bad call. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about it. Yeah, it's kind of like the hot thing. On I, I, you know what? A lot of people though are kind of leaning towards my direction with that. Except the uh, Canes fans, you know, they, they don't want to see their goalie get rolled over like that. But right. Yeah. Fortunately, it was, I believe it, there's nothing that guy could have done to prevent that collision. And I don't think he hit him on purpose, but I mean, you're, you're going full speed. You can't just stop like that. I'm sorry. And full speed on the ice is completely yeah. different than watching it from the stands. Exactly. Looks like Connor McDavid put on a one-man show the other day in Edmonton. Oh, gold of year. And it's only November. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. Yep. Um, you know, if you if you looked at the score of the game, that 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 tied at five to five, and these are the kind of affairs that Edmonton is in. You know, could, could you imagine if they had a goalie? This would have been a five to two affair, probably. Uh, yeah, that was a high offensive game, and <laughs> the poor Rangers are uh, probably watching that and going, "Oh man, how how the hell did we let that happen?" Four guys. Just on, you got to put a body on the guy. Yeah, but nobody if you played, can't catch. You yeah. can't catch the guy. You can't hit him. And he's just so damn fast and so good with the puck. The guy's the best in the league. League, and uh, that's why. Yeah, yeah. There was four guys there, and you know maybe they maybe playing the body. You know, everybody was trying to play the puck. Yep, and he went right down the middle, and that's a that's a big no no as a defenseman. You gotta 
stay close and force him to the outside, and Connor saw a lane open, and he took advantage, and the, the Rangers paid. Yeah, they paid big time. Yep. Did they end up losing that game? Yes, they did. Uh, the Oilers did win that game. Wow. Yep. So Bertie Kachuk was named captain of the, like you predicted, captain of oh, yeah. the Ottawa Senators. I think everybody kind of knew it was coming. and um, I heard it was 50-50, though, with the Ottawa management. Oh, really? With uh, Thomas Shabbat and Brady Kachuk. And uh, it came down to they liked how Brady was off the ice. His, like, workouts, his, you know, his his talking in the locker room, his leadership. And it ended up being the uh, X Factor, I guess. And they named him the captain. And it's a good choice. I think it's smart. Yeah, yeah, pretty incredible. You know, at one point, you know, he doesn't have the contract that he wants. Now that he does, signs long term, which means that he's willing to, you know, stick around, and and he gets named captain. So we'll see if that changes Ottawa's, uh, you know, their 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 trend. But uh, you know, they still have a little bit of work that needs to be done there, and that they oh, yeah. a few things that they need to get cleaned up. And then uh, I think that they'll be able to contend and definitely start pushing for a playoff spot. Where are you at with the Rangers? Oh, I, they're they're a good team, man. I'm actually surprised with their goaltending. Uh, I didn't. I know the boys at the um, Thirty on Broadway were, you know, oh yeah, we're gonna win. We're good. We're we're gonna win, make the playoffs. And <laughs> I know a couple people we know picked them to win the Stanley Cup. Um, I think they're right there, man. I I'm actually really surprised with how with how ahead of their rebuild, I guess you could say. They're, they they could be a contender, but I just think that the um, Panthers and the Hurricanes right now are the teams that beat. And in a seven-game series, I don't see the Rangers beating any of those guys. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. They're just too they're just too strong. Adam Fox has been playing really well, but I don't think that'll be enough to take them, you know, take them over the top. Yeah, they. Um... I, I was surprised they didn't name him captain after they signed him uh, to that contract extension. I think what was he? Did he get seven years? Uh, yeah, pretty decent price, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, they're probably gonna throw an A on him and just make the whole team assistant captains because that's a cool thing over in New York right now. Yeah, I know it's <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. That's weird. It's such an ego trip. Get over it. You know, it's it's you know Detroit did it. I thought that it was ridiculous, and the Rangers doing. I think it's ridiculous too. Yeah, just give Brad, give Brad the uh, A, give uh, Fox the C, maybe uh, Truba or even Zamanajab uh, an A. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really su- surprised that Kreider's not getting a a letter. Considering he's a punching this. bag over there. I, yeah, think, I know. I, I think know. they've been trying to trade him for the last seven I know, years. I know. I'm just joking. I'm just. Joking. I, I just. I, I don't get it, man. I, I'd be happy with a guy like that. Honestly, he's like one of the last power forwards if you consider him a power forward out there like his you don't see too many guys like him anymore big and drives the net tough and yeah but when he's not doing that he's not doing he's not doing anything though that's the problem he's he's better than bickle was yeah that's those two are kind of similar yeah gameplay you needed to get bickle into the playoffs so that he could start scoring oh yeah bickle live for the playoffs well all right everybody do us a favor give us a give us a shout out on twitter um Give us a follow. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, we've been, you know, we've been t- talking to a lot of people on there. It's really cool. We've been getting a lot of messages, and we're very, very appreciative of everybody. Uh, thanks again. Thank you for listening. And we're going to keep dropping these. Next one's coming out on Friday. But until then, this is a Tomahawk. We're out of here.